This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Today's episode is brought to you by TeePublic. Head to TeePublic.AnimatedCast.com for a selection of designs selected by the hosts of the Animatedcast. Support independent artists and support the show. And welcome everybody to episode 44 of the Animatedcast. Hey, God Brain, are you feeling alright? Pinky, I'm feeling more than alright. I'm in love. Love? You? What? <laughs> I met her today in the maze. Her name is Billy. She is of simple folk, fair and true. You mean she's stupid? A bit. <laughs> she called me Egghead. Egghead? <laughs> no! <laughs> Do not mock a love-smitten mouse. And welcome everybody again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs. Here we explore the series episode by episode, revisiting all the cultural references and gags. And in the end, we give each and every episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again are my co-hosts, Nathan. Can you YouTube an Uber with too many tubers? <laughs> And across the country in Georgia, back from Star Wars Celebration, it's Kelly. Hello. <laughs> hey, Kelly. Yes, Hi. Kelly was having a very busy week and everything, doing all the all the Star Wars stuff and everything. But now we're back to the important stuff, which of course is animating. Yes, yeah, relevant, <laughs> relevant stuff. <laughs> right. What has Star Wars done for us lately? <laughs> well. <laughs> Today, we are going to be talking about episode 44, which features the following segments. It has useless facts in it. Mm -hmm. It has uh, a song called The Senses. It has The World Can Wait with Pinky and the Brain. And it has a a read and run cartoon called called, uh, Kiki's Kitten. And it also has a uh, little... uh, Dots Poetry Corner mixed in there somewhere yeah, as well. Somewhere as well. It has a, has a bunch of different stuff. Um, and Nathan, when did this episode first premiere? Ooh, so this episode premiered on Thursday, November 18th of 1993. Which, hmm. of course, was the day uh, black and white leaders in South America approve a new democratic constitution. And North Siberia has a record cold of... For November of negative 55 degrees Celsius, and Pearl Jam lead singer Eddie Vedder was arrested for public drunkenness. <laughs> well, good for him. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, just a fun day, it seems. <laughs> just like a fun day. Well, we all remember that. Mm-hmm. Never been a big fan of Pearl Jam myself. <laughs> anyway, well, but I am a fan of this episode. Um, what do you guys think? In a few uh, words, what would you... What would you say uh, were your thoughts about it? Uh, Kelly, let's start with you. I thought it was pretty educational. All right. And Nathan? I had a good sense about it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, very awesome. Okay, let's go ahead and get into the discussion. So, first of all, we have a a few different... uh, We have a new segment, I guess you could call Mm -hmm. it. A little mini segment that is put throughout the episode called Useless Facts. And now another useless fact. And these useless facts are um, as follows. We have termites can live to be up to 50 years old. Cool. Okay. And then the second fact was that uh, Eskimos don't have a word for hello. Yeah, but like a bunch of words for ice. Yes, a ton of words for ice, but no words for hello. And then the last words were, last words, the last (laughs) fact that is, was that starfish don't have a brain. And uh, the starfish just goes, Nort. Yeah, he doesn't know Nort. where the beach is. <laughs> yes, where's the beach? It's, at first I thought the starfish was actually saying the same word both times, but I guess he was <laughs> going Yorp and then Norp or something. I don't know, mm. but I don't know. I don't speak starfish. But <laughs> but we learned, so we had some 
interesting facts, I guess. Mildly amusing, perhaps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think? What, what do you think about this segment? And uh, if you had to pick one of these as the as the most useful, useful, the most useful, useless fact, or perhaps funniest fact, what would it be, uh, Nathan? What I'll do you do think the shrimp's heart is in its head? Oh, that's right. I forgot the shrimp. You forgot to say it, and that's how important <laughs> it is. That's how useless that fact is. That's how useless. I it's, totally forgot so that. So that's why it's my favorite. A shrimp's heart is in its head. What's wrong? Headache? No, heartburn. That's right. The shrimp had heartburn, not it a had headache. Heartburn. But I'm ting. Kelly, what about those four useless facts? <laughs> Did you have one that you thought was uh, kind of interesting or humorous or both? I, I like the one where Eskimos have like 100 words for ice. And I was trying to remember if I actually had learned that from this episode. Uh-huh. Because I've heard it in other places over the years as well, but this may have been the first time I ever encountered that information. Oh, very well, very, very likely. Hmm. Um, I th- I kind of like the starfish one personally, and not for any other reason than this the starfish making funny noises. Yeah, uh, that's the only one that made me kind of chuckle a little bit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was useless facts. Yeah, they were just useless. <laughs> um, and then of course we have. A song, a brand new song for today called The Senses Song. Mm-hmm. The Senses Song was a story. It's a story by Tom Ruger, which I don't know if there's really much of a story to this <laughs> song, but story by Tom Ruger. It didn't make any sense. The story just didn't make any sense. <laughs> it was written by Randy Rogel and directed by Greg Reyna. Um, basically, well, yeah, this is a song about the different senses. It mm-hmm. starts with the five top senses uh, that we're all used to. Of course, the what do we have our sense of hearing and sight, hearing and sight and taste and touch. Mm-hmm. And and I'm and, not going to help you. Oh my gosh, what am I forgetting? We have sight, and I can hear, I can smell. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That, that you do smell. Oh gosh, no wonder. Oh, no wonder I have so much trouble with <laughs> hygiene. <laughs> My smell is so bad. Uh, well, yeah, but um, then it goes into, of course, the sixth sense, which is mm-hmm. uh, Shirley McLean. Shirley McLean, which ties back into the last line of the uh, song. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the the variable verse for yeah. today was Shirley McLean. So. Um, yeah, they talk about Shirley MacLaine in the song. And then they go into a bunch of other puns with the word sense in it. Uh, some of them are just, you know, sayings, uh, a sense of humor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a sense, sense of, of dread, sense of dread, sense of doom, sense of all that kind of stuff. Um, very high energy cartoon, decent, in fact, very good animation, I would say. Um, and I don't know, I just really like this song. Really funny. What do you guys think? What are some highlights of uh, this particular song that you liked, Nathan? I like when Dr. Scratch and Sniff gets hit on the head with a tree. <laughs> with the tree. The sense of hearing is something good, because if a tree falls in the wood, would there be a sound? You bet there would. If it landed on top of your head, your head, if a tree lands on top of your head. He's and just like a lumberjack, and he's yeah. chopping down a tree. What, like, for some reason? The story didn't quite make sense, but I liked that story. So, uh, <laughs> story. no, but it's a very, yeah, I do like the music. It's a very hummable song. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly, what about you? I, I like when um, Dot talks about a sense of awe, and the um, animation has sort of like these little sparkly stars or yes. lights in the background. Yeah, that was a nice shot. And whole sense and common sense, it's true. Sense of wonder, sense of beauty, sense of honor, sense of doozy. The one part right there, the sense of honor, sense of duty. You know, that mm-hmm. song gets like very like it slows down. It has a it goes kind of crazy, but then it has those little pretty uh moments right there that uh set it apart. There's also one part that I quite frankly, I listen to this song a lot on the soundtrack. And there is a slight difference um between this version for the TV versus the, I think it was on the actual soundtrack um, on the TV version here. Yako in between the breaks says something like, 
now here's the other senses. Mm. And in the actual soundtrack, it just goes right into the other, you know, crazier senses. Um, but there's a part where the census man that is taking a poll mm-hmm. where, you know, hello nurse is there and Yakko is there as the, as the census man there to take the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite frankly, he, he does this kind of almost like a wink and nod at the camera yeah. at that point. <laughs> and I'm saying, okay, so is this, is my mind just in the wrong place or is that just a, a an adult innuendo joke that I did not get as a kid when it's like I'm taking a poll and there's a there's a nurse here? I don't I think it's just he's like, Hey, she's pretty. Yeah, okay. Census. Okay. Cause if so, then that was that was weird. But uh, <laughs> um but it was uh in some of the, you know, reference guides it talks about the similarities with this song to uh, Tom Lair song. We just mentioned Tom Lair a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago yeah. with uh, the Oedipus Rex song. Mm-hmm. And now they were bringing up this one, which is the similar to the Irish ballad that Tom Lair sang. In that song, Tom Lair sings about a young girl who <laughs> did kills her family and puts them in pie or something, or puts them in an Irish stew, I think, at the end. It's a very, like, you know, sick and twisted Poem. The reason most authentic, genuine folk songs are so unbearable is that they were written by the people. And uh, so uh, I thought I'd try one myself. This one is an ancient Irish ballad, which goes back as far as 1947 and uh, has all the characteristics of that art form, in particular an idiotic refrain, rickety tickety tin, and hundreds and hundreds of verses. You'll be relieved to know that I'm only going to sing about 70 or 80 tonight. <laughs> so, uh, I should mention that, that uh, folk songs should be accompanied on folk instruments, and the piano, for some reason, is not one. So imagine, if you will, that I am playing an 88-string guitar. <laughs> oh, one other thing. As you know, uh, audience participation is an important part of public folk singing. So if any of you feel like joining in on this song, I would appreciate it if you would get out. <laughs> About a maid I'll sing a song, sing rickety-tickety-tin. About a maid I'll sing a song who didn't have her family long. Not only did she do them wrong, she did every one of them in, them in. She did every one of them in. One morning in a fit of peak, sing rickety-tickety-tin. One morning in a fit of peak, she drowned her father in the creek. The water tasted bad for a week. And we had to make do with gin, with gin. We had to make do with gin. I was thinking, that's nice and all, but that's not what this tune was originally. Like, this is... I, I actually took a while this afternoon trying to figure out what the heck is this tune. Oh, okay. You found? Did you find it? I did because, and this is after me talking to Siri. Like, <laughs> I was like, I tried. You know how Siri can do the audacity thing now and say yeah. like you can play the song. Mm-hmm. Well, I was like, well, maybe if I hum the song. That's and I was like, idea. Siri, what song is this? And she goes, I'm listening. And I went. Do, 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 and she's like, I don't know what song do, 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 do is. So I'm like, oh, darn. Anyway, <laughs> it's still a humorous thing. But <laughs> I know it was an Italian song. Like, I remember hearing, like, seeing it in cartoons and movies and stuff when pasta is being taken out in an Italian restaurant. And that led me to something called the pasta song which is like i like linguine i like spaghetti i'm like that's not obviously the words to this song (laughs) so eventually i found what i believe is the the actual song uh for the senses and the original tune and i'm going to totally mispronounce it because i do not speak italian is uh tarantella nathan maybe you can read that for me Oh, yeah, that's Tarantella La Patella. <laughs> you just got to read it fast. Oh. That way no one can tell you're not oh, okay. saying it right. Tarantella Nepotana. To say it confidently and just. Oh, yeah. Tarantella. Anyway, I wasn't very confident. Oh, there we are. See? 
But that's the sense. That's your senses song. Yeah. So you go to an Italian restaurant. They start playing this song. <laughs> I like pasta. I look really <laughs> no. You sing the senses song. Of course, it's obviously a little bit of a variant right there. All right. Goodbye. No. Goodbye, pasta it song. Stop ever. <laughs> it's just. It's a twenty-minute song, but anyway. <laughs> so there we We're go. Listen to it all right now. But a cool, catchy song, and mm-hmm. it was a nice way to start off the episode, I think. <laughs> but then we go right into our uh, next segment: Dot's Poetry Corner. Dot's Poetry Corner. <laughs> and now, Dot's Poetry Corner. <laughs> Which Dot is talking about Humpty Dumpty in this one. And Humpty Dumpty apparently got a big law- legal lawsuit. Yeah. We won a case and actually uh, ended up winning the wall as well. Yeah, lots of money and the wall. So <laughs> he's going to build that wall. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was Dot's Poetry Corner. I don't know really what to say about that one other than it was a nice little bit of filler that was there. Yeah. yeah. Animation was a little off, but they always seem a little off. They're always a little off in but... Dot's Poetry Corner. But <laughs> well, let's get right into... The world can wait. This is Maurice Lamarche, the voice of the brain, and you are listening to the Animaniacast. Okay, The World Can Wait was written by Mr. Peter Hastings, and it was directed by Mr. Alfred Gimeno, or Gimeno, actually, whatever it is. <laughs> but it's Gimeno. Gimeno. No. Uh, it might be. <laughs> we, he told us, didn't he? And uh, one, of, one of our listeners someone, did, actually. Someone told us. Yes. And, okay. I believe well. it was Curtis. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Kelly, what can you tell us about The World Can Wait? It's a Pink in the Brain episode, and the brain is acting very, very strange. <laughs> Pinky Pinky's actually one that says, you know, what are we going to do to take over the world? And Brain's like, no, no, I'm in love. I, I met a, I met another mouse. Mice, I met another mouse <laughs> in the maze. I met a mouse in the maze. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, her name is Billy, and she's from, you know, fair, simple folk. And um, <laughs> Pinky's like, you mean she's stupid? And Brain's like, yeah, a little bit. And... <laughs> He, he dresses up and he decides he, he's going to try to woo her. And so he takes Pinky over to her cage and, you know, tries to have a conversation with her. But she's actually connecting more with Pinky and thinks he's funny because their minds are a lot more alike. And uh, Brain gets mad and tries to, like, spin Pinky off with a metal, what they call a metal donut. It was actually the little thing he was going to give her instead of flowers. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but then the laboratory techs come in and I guess they electrocute her. It's, it's all done off screen, so we don't have to yes. have to witness what goes on. And the next thing is she's super, super smart. And she starts talking all these very scientific terms I can never repeat. Um, <laughs> and so she's actually smarter than Brain. And he's like, oh, we have to go take over the world now, Pinky. And Pinky's like, why? And he said, well, because if we don't, she's going to do it first. <laughs> so he's he's still in love, but he has to beat her to the punch. Exactly. Yeah, and then he can give her the world. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he'll probably take it for himself. But he could. <laughs> he wants it all for himself. Yeah. <laughs> but but Billy know. would be a good like a co-ruler or something like that. Yeah. I think. But uh, yeah, it was it was a cute episode. It was a mm-hmm. cute uh, Pinky in the Brain, and and one that really kind of strayed from the formula uh, that we're used to. In this case, they yeah they they don't leave the lab at all. They just they're in there the entire time for this yeah. one. It's funny. The song starts off like with Brain saying, "We're gonna do the same thing we do every night: try to take over the world." And then the song starts, and then they come back to the song like, "So how are we gonna take over the world?" They're like, mm. "Oh, we're not gonna. No, we're not going to tonight." <laughs> <laughs> so he lied at the beginning of the song. <laughs> Well, t- the, the you know Billy right there, the mouse. Okay, uh, she's apparently based upon a Billy Dawn character played by Judy Holiday, uh, according to this reference guide I have in front of me here, mm. cultural reference guide. It says Billy the mouse is based upon the Billy Dawn character played by Judy Holiday in the Broadway and original movie versions of Garson Kanan's play Born Yesterday. 
Why are you going against babies all of a sudden? Nothing. I've got nothing against a brain that's three weeks old and empty. But after it hangs around for 30 years and hasn't absorbed anything, I begin to wonder about it. What makes you think I'm 30? I didn't mean you. Oh, yes, you did. I swear. You certainly know how to get me sore. I'm sorry. 30? Do I look 30 to you? No. But what'd you say for? I don't know. How old are you? 29. Don't stop. I meant don't stop studying. Yeah, so the name, the voice, to me, it just kind of sounded like, um, oh, gosh, Lena from uh, Singing in the Rain, mm, you know, yeah. but uh, but yeah, it was a cute voice. I, Tress McNeil really did that really <laughs> kind of annoying thing. And I love how she always called um, Brain uh, Egghead. Egg or Eggy. Eggy. Oh, Eggy. <laughs> <laughs> I, my lady, am the Brain. We met today in the maze. Oh, yeah, I remember you, Egghead. Oh, you're right, Frank. North Egghead. <laughs> I hope you don't think me too forward, but I've brought you something. A precious, simple gift. Oh, flowers? Oh, no. It's an actual working mock-up of the Bevatron Particle Accelerator. Oh, it kind of looks like a... Big metal donut. <laughs> yeah, like a big metal donut. Yeah, Who's your friend, Egghead? He's funny. This is my associate, Pinky. Oh, what a pleasure to meet you. No. I am so pleased, all pleased, all over pleased. Yes, I am. <laughs> but the perhaps the, the biggest uh, cultural references uh, reference in this is uh, the Cyrano de Bergerac mm-hmm. kind of scene. where the Roxanne. Ro- Roxanne, yeah, that's what <laughs> I... I tried watching the original movie uh, Roxanne as a kid. The black and white uh, oh, there's, version. There's a different Roxanne than no, Steve yeah. Martin. Yeah, the one it was back in the oh, okay. 30s, 40s, 50s. I don't know. It was, was black a and white. Name. It, was, it was actually called Cyrano de Bergerac, okay. or perhaps just Cyrano. Um, but yeah, have you are you familiar with the other version of that, Kelly, at all? I am familiar with the story, but um, uh, I haven't seen you know the Steve Martin version or uh, any of the earlier films. Steve Martin is, it's one of the better Steve Martin movies. Yeah. It's, it's really good. It's, it's really, really good. Um, it was one of my favorite movies as a kid. It was always on cable mm-hmm. and it seemed like we watched it. I, I could probably, I haven't seen that movie in at least five years, but I bet I could just say almost every line with it. Yeah. There's it's, lots of quotable lines in it. Mm-hmm. Worms. So, <laughs> worms, worms, <laughs> um, <laughs> My worms, Roxanne. Because of worms, Roxanne. <laughs> I'm afraid of worms. I'm afraid of worms. So why'd you say those things? Why'd he say those things? Tell her you were afraid. Because I was afraid. Of me? What do you mean you were afraid? You're afraid of what? Tell her you were afraid of words. What, what, what? Words. Because I was afraid of worms, Roxanne. Worms. Worms. What are you telling? What are you saying to me? Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a whole thing in Cyrano and in in, in Roxanne where Rox, uh, in this case, you know, she Chris. Well, I don't know what his name is in Cyrano, but mm-hmm. there's this cat guy Chris, and he's in love with this woman Roxanne, and he's very handsome he's, and like every like yeah, he'd be the perfect. Unfortunately, he doesn't know how to speak to her. Yeah, and he, she appreciates poetic people mm-hmm. she per- she appreciates you know someone who actually has brains and not just looks um so uh cyrano de bergerac or uh, i think he's called what's his name in roxanne his name is uh oh that's steve martin steve martin's character <laughs> <laughs> say, um, you say every line but not his the character's name see uh, see uh, CB, I think, CB. I think they just call him CB or something like that. Sense for like Charles or something. Yeah, sure. So he's he stays underneath the uh, balcony right there mm-hmm. and tells Chris what to say so that Roxanne will fall in love with him. And of course, it's not really Chris that she has fallen in love with. It's actually Steve Martin mm-hmm. uh, at the time. But he so. has a huge nose. Exactly. Yeah. Like he. Yeah. He's not attractive. He's not an attractive person. That's the same in the Cyrano. De yes. Berger. He does a big nose in that too. Yes. Yeah, Cyrano de Bergerac okay. has a big nose. So really, in this cartoon, they should have switched. Like 
Brain yeah. should have been telling Pinky what to say. Yes. And no, well, no, that's not the thing because because um because brains all deformed and <laughs> with a giant head in this, instead of a giant. Well, here's nose. the flip: is that is that brain talks too poetic yeah exactly. for her she, you know pinky's there to to talk about how she looks mm-hmm. like a good like a clean carrot i believe yeah and to put in little narfs and points and everything like Which that I, that was a lot of fun hearing brain <laughs> saying all those things he hated it yeah <laughs> oh billy who's there pinky is that you pinky no it is i the brain oh egghead now what would you say pinky um, um, uh, I know. Please call me Eggie. North. Please call me Eggie. North. Oh, okay, Eggie. Yeah, that's cute. Now tell her, um, point. I like your toenails. Point. I like your toenails. Oh, thank you. And Egan, your head looks like a really clean carrot. Ooh. But I did how how well it was working. I think he hated how well. Yeah, it was working. like he just shuddered every time he had to say something that Pinky was telling him to say, and the fact that it worked, yeah, it really was a cute thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I particularly liked when it does work, and then she invites him up to her cage, and he just goes, "Oh, <laughs> why did you come on up here? I like you." Oh. <laughs> So that was that was a cute part. Um, but really, I you know I think for other kinds of uh, references and everything, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's just yeah. a nice, cute cartoon. They reference the Farpignugan. Uh, oh, that's true. The, the girlfriend. The, yeah, he pinkies. does. Yeah, pink. You know, the brain is very much against interspecies dating. He yeah. is not into. <laughs> he's like that is a horse. <laughs> um, uh, but. Yeah, it was nice to see the little callback to a previous episode right mm-hmm. there. Um, but I don't know. It was a cute. Any any other moments, guys, that you thought were were cute in this one that stood out as particularly funny or well, anything? I, I really liked when uh, when Brain first goes to see Billy and Billy immediately is like, who's there? Is that Pinky? Like, like <laughs> she immediately is like in love with Pinky. She's very funny to me. But. Yeah. And Kelly, what about you? I liked when uh, <laughs> Pinky is irritating the brain and he says normally pinky i would be compelled to hurt you but today i'm feeling forgiving <laughs> and um it's just it's so different out of character for him so i yeah. just think it's funny and i love the all the little, like love smitten expressions he has throughout the episode yeah and i just i also liked how just the fact that pinky just thought it was pink this was hilarious. Like mm-hmm. he always laughs at this, this whole ridiculous that brain is in love and he just can't <laughs> stop laughing at the fact that, uh, that brain would ever fall in love with somebody. So, uh, it was a very, it was a good, uh, pinky in the brain. Very yeah. nice. It was cute. I'm glad brain found some other things to do in his life besides <laughs> trying to take over. If not just for one episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we get to our last segment, let's go ahead and get to a commercial. So oh, no. Nathan, <laughs> We love commercials. Yay! Nathan, hit us with our commercial theme song for today. It's commercial time. Commercial time right now. <laughs> Very cool. And of course, we are once again sponsored by the lovely folks over at T Public. You can check out our Animaniacast store, which is tpublic.animaniacast.com to see a ton of different designs that uh, we've uh, we've picked and uh, thought were really cool. Some of them are uh, Animaniacs related, and other ones are just, uh, they look cool. <laughs> they could be Spielberg, they could be Star Wars, they could be Disney Afternoon, I don't know. There's a bunch of them. Mostly Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain and Tiny Toons and Freakazoid designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tea Public is having a sale coming up here at the end of April. Okay, folks, this is a, this is exclusive. Exclusive. Because oh if you're listening to this on Saturday, then what you need to do is wait just a few days. Okay? Because from April 26th until April 30th, all of the products on TeePublic are 30% off or up to 30% off. So what does that mean? That means t-shirts are only going to be $14 each, down from 20 bucks. 
And men's V-necks are $18. Tank tops are $18. If you really want to get a hoodie for some reason, that's well, like those are on sale as well. Good time of year to buy one. But they have tons <laughs> of stuff. They have hoodies and baseball uh, tees and long sleeve and scoop necks and even infant onesies. And you can get these designs on a kid's shirts. Um, you can get them on posters. You can get them on mugs. Like we have Animaniacast mugs from uh, Tee Public, which look awesome. They, they've been washed many, many times in the dishwasher, and they still look fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, laptop cases, uh, notebooks, like paper notebooks. Actually, things you can write notes in. Notebooks. And what's, what's even cooler now is now they have stickers. So if you are one of these people that says, well, you know, yeah, I, I don't really have enough money to spend enough money for a t-shirt, or maybe that design would look cool, but not on a t-shirt i'd rather have it like as a print or something well now you can get stickers of any of these designs and the stickers are only going to be two dollars that's right two bucks that's a steal you know too many times you go to the grocery store and you put in your like 50 cents or whatever for one of those you know nice looking stickers yeah and you never you never get the one you want yeah you never get the one you want so just like you pretend like you did that four times exactly but now you're going to definitely get the one you absolutely no one else is going to have it no one else is going to have it so you can slap it on a computer you can slap it on your car you can slap slap it on on your your kid slap it don't slap your kids (laughs) (laughs) you can put it on yourself i don't know but (laughs) you can put those stickers anywhere they are really fantastic and of course um there's a ton of them so each week we uh, talk about a particular design that we like on Tee Public, and we make sure it's in our store so that you can check it out as well. So, Nathan, do you have a design that you particularly like? Yeah, it's a, it's a simple one. It's just called Take Over the World by Proxish Designs, and it's just uh, it's a giant earth with uh, a silhouette of Pinky and the Brain on it. So it's, it's a nice, uh, simple shirt, but it's kind of cool looking, too. So. <laughs> And Kelly, what about you? Uh, to keep in with my Star Wars theme, I picked one um actually doesn't have Yoda on it, surprisingly. <laughs> but I found a really pretty one of Princess Leia oh. in the the, the white dress uh, from A New Hope with the buns in her hair. And she's got the little hood kind of draped over her head, as she's seen in the very beginning of the movie. Um, or, I guess you could say, at the end of Rogue One. Um, and I guess this is more where that's based off of because she's looking down and it has the word hope written across and, um, it's got kind of stars and, um, looks like the death star kind of in the background of her. And the artist is Sackman, um, S-A-Q-M-A-N. And it's just, it's a really, really pretty image. Very nice. And, and I know Kelly, you just went to the, uh, Star Wars celebration, the Carrie Fisher Memorial. Uh, drowning at moon moonlight, right? And it was a nice, yes. nice event and everything. So very awesome. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and give my design here. The one I pick for today, it's, well, it's just called Animaniacs, <laughs> but mm-hmm. the way that it's designed is, uh, really cool. This one is designed by an artist named Kati, uh, K-H-A-T-I-I. And this design actually looks a lot like kind of like Popeye 1930s-ish kind of look. Um, they just look really cute on this. And I've actually looked at this design uh, and I think I'm going to get a sticker of it because it just looks super cute. And the, I don't know. They just look really 1930s-ish. Um, yeah. It just looks awesome. So there you go. So head on over to get those designs and uh, check out those designs and more. Head on over to tpublic.animaniacast.com. And thank you, Public, for your support. Woo! (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next cartoon. And the next one is called Kiki's Kitten. Kiki's Kitten was written by Deanna Oliver, and it was directed by Gary Hartle and Adu Payden. Uh, let's see. 
Nathan, hmm? what can you tell us what the heck happens here in Kiki's Kitten? Well, we've got a Rita and Runt episode, but mostly a Rita episode, I guess. Yeah. Because Runt sleeps through the entire thing. <laughs> uh, the, we find a gorilla, the most angry gorilla in the world, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, the zoologists are trying to calm it down so they can put it into a show, or I guess, or something like that. They <laughs> want it to dance. I'm not exactly sure what they do at that yeah, zoo, other that... than just have gorillas that are just calm and dancing. Yeah, they want a calm gorilla, basically. And there's one thing that seems to calm Kiki down as she looks outside her cage, and it's this cat that's in the gutter. So they go and grab the cat. It's Rita. They bring it into the the cage with the gorilla, and it's either going to calm the gorilla down or the gorilla's going to kill the cat. Let's find out. So (laughs) the uh, gorilla's basically torturing Rita because it wants Rita to be a gorilla. So, or maybe even a monkey, because at one point yeah, it like tries true. to like, hang her by a tree, like a like, like a, a monkey, yeah, like by its tail. Which is, mm. yeah. Yeah. gorillas don't have tails, but whatever. Yep. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, it uh, Rita eventually uh, escapes through the bars, and uh, Re- and Kiki actually chases after Rita into the alley too. And luckily for Rita, Kiki grabs the wrong cat. There's another gutter cat out there. Who's mm-hmm. eating trash? We actually sang a little bit too, and uh, Kiki's happy, and the zoologists are happy, and only that gutter cat is unhappy. But then <laughs> Runt wakes up, and he had a bad dream about a duck chasing him. So, the end. the end. Yes, Runt. I want to see this whole other side cartoon yeah, where it's just, just Runt's dream. Runt's dream. That'd be a fun about thing. a duck. <laughs> He seemed happy at the beginning of it, like, oh, hey, yeah. duck. It's a big duck. It's a mean duck. It's a, I, he, he, when he was talking about ducks, he actually remi- reminded me of the duck, uh, the dog from uh, Duck Hunt, actually. Mm. I just, I was like, wait, maybe he's, maybe that little 8-bit character is actually Runt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, In ins- Runt's dream. Insert sound of dog here. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um. Well, this this one actually had for a Rita and Runt cartoon uh, quite a few references to various things. Uh, first of all, let's just talk real quick. It's the Kiki's kitten is a kind of a take off of Coco the gorilla, mm. who has had at least a couple ki- kittens in the in the past and has taken care of them as you know uh, any gorilla would take care of their baby or things like that. Yeah, um, and there's actually a, a Netflix documentary out on right now, a new one about uh, Coco the gorilla, and I've seen about thirty-three uh, percent of it. It's not bad. Right. I'll go back to it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's interesting. Yeah, Coco can do sign language and talk to uh, the people that take care of her. She's a really smart gorilla. Anyway, um, <laughs> but then they have the the cat right there. That is, I think it's the same cat from Le Miser Animals. If I'm not mistaken, look, that cat looked very familiar. Um, there's, uh, first of all, Diane, uh, Fossey with the gorillas in the mist. The doctor, Dr. Babu comes in who kind of okay. looks like an orangutan. Yeah, he looks like an orangutan. Yeah, he has red hair and everything like and that. And he has that weird, that weird face, like, what? Yes, he, and he, and he talks a lot like, um, a character from Monty Python. Like, it, there was a character in one of the skits, um, I think it was called the bookshop. He goes, I'd like to buy a book, please. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was like, okay, Rob Paulson is totally doing kind of a Monty Python-esque voice uh, for this one. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Can I help you? Uh, Yes. Do you have a copy of 30 Days in the Samarkand Desert with the Duchess of Kent by A.E.J. Elliot, O.B.E.? Uh, well, I don't know the book, sir. Uh, Never mind, never mind. Uh, How about 101 Ways to Start a Fight? By? An Irish gentleman whose name eludes me for the moment. Uh, no, well, we haven't got it in stock, sir. Uh, well, not to worry, not to worry. Uh, can you help me with David Copperfield? Ah, yes, Dickens. No. A big one? Uh, no, Edmund Wells. I think you'll find Charles Dickens wrote David Copperfield, sir. No, no, Dickens wrote David Copperfield with two Ps. This is David Copperfield with one P by Edmund Wells. David Copperfield with one P? Yes, I should have said. Yes, well, in that case, we don't have it. Funny, you've got a lot of books here. Yes, we do, but we don't have David Copperfield with one P by Edmund Wells. Are you quite sure? Quite. Not worth just looking? Definitely not. Dr. Babu, so kind of you to come. 
Thank you for asking me, Dr. Hemp. I only hope that I may be of help to you in your primatial researchings. They have gorillas in the mist, giant, uh, Diane Fossey's gorillas in the mist. Right. And then right next to the them is uh, Bob Fossey's putting on the Ritz right there. So they oh, have yeah. two different displays. So Diane Fossey, there was a movie called Gorillas in the Mist, which uh, I, I've seen at least a, once or twice back when it was on. Do you ever see that, Kelly? Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I remember watching. That was a, that was a movie that was one of the few dramas as a kid that I could watch and um, really get into. You've never seen that? No, I, yeah. I Sigourney know. Weaver played her and uh, it, it was really acclaimed. I'm not exactly sure if it won any Oscars, but it was definitely up for some, I believe. Okay. Has some, I don't know. The gorillas looked real. I think there pro- probably were some real gorillas mixed in. Is that a gorilla or a person in a costume? <laughs> That's a gorilla. No, that's a person in a costume. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, so they have a, they have the Tasmania theme play real quick at one mm-hmm. point when a, when a Bushman was is that there. character in Tasmania? Or? Yeah, there's that Bushman guy. He, okay. there, there was, I forget, he was just this um, uh, British, uh, I, I, I watched very little of Tasmania yeah. as a kid. Um, but the best yeah. part was the theme song. Yeah, it really was. And I was like, <laughs> I heard the theme song. I'm done. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Of course, the putting on the Ritz, by the way, I got to say. Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Especially with them just going. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes, or cutaway coat, perfect fits. And uh, Bob Fosse, of course, it was the, uh, I don't know if Bob Fosse... He has this connection with Chicago, the musical Chicago. I think he directed and, and choreographed and everything like that. Do you know any more about Bob Fosse at all, Kelly? Mm, mm. No. Yeah. I, I I, mean, he he was in some movies. and I, Gosh, I want to say there was one with Roy Scheider. What is the name of that movie where he's dancing? <laughs> Bob, um, let's see here. It's Bob Fosse. Was an American dancer, musical theater choreographer, director, screenwriter, film director, and jazz. actor. All that jazz. All that yeah. jazz. He was, you know, he was all those things and all that jazz, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. All my years studying gorillas in the Cahootsie Biega, I have never seen such aggressionality. That is why she's kept separate from the other social groupings. Has she not responded to Mist? No, no, not at all. And she refuses to learn choreography. There was two more quick references that Rita brought up. One was Lyle Lovett, because she got this kind of like spiky kind of mm, hair. Lyle yeah. Lovett is a singer, uh, and I believe at the time was dating, um, oh gosh, what's her, what's her face? Julie Roberts. Julie Roberts. I'm thinking, I was thinking, I was about to say, Kelly, who played Tinkerbell and Hook? <laughs> Julie Roberts. Julia Roberts. Yes, there you go. <laughs> hair by Lyle Lovett. Then the other one was uh, when Rita is talking to Kiki and she's. (laughs) You dated King Kong? No. Yeah, right. And I'm Fay Ray. Give me a break. And Fay Ray, of course, played the woman that. Ray in Star Wars. No, not Ray. The woman that uh, King Kong uh, fell in love with Uh, in uh, the 1930s uh, King Kong movie. So there you go. So uh, that was our references and everything. This was a different type of Rita and Runt cartoon. Not much singing. And it was... There was one song, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. One song, and that was it. It was mostly slapstick kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Because a lot, because Rita gets hit. She turns basically really into a cartoon, too, because there's a lot of stretching her tongue out, stretching her lips out, her arms get all get stretched at different times. Yeah. Her tail. Yeah. Like long, 
And usually she stays pretty cat-like. And... Yeah, not, and she doesn't get as much abuse as she does in this one. Mm-hmm. She got pummeled a lot on the yeah, head. Yeah, she got until, hit on the head. Until she started going, ooh, ooh, ah, or whatever, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. showing gorilla mannerisms, as the people said watching. Yeah. I don't know. Kelly, what did you think about this uh, read and run cartoon? I thought it was cute. I mean, I, I got all the, the references, you know, with Coco's gorilla, because I remember watching video of Coco with the little kitten. Um, I was a little girl and, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if a whole bunch of kids would get the Diane Fossey reference and really probably not Bob Fossey. So yeah. I, uh, I at least recognize Bob Fossey's name and, and I, I had already seen gorillas in the mist. So, um, there's a moment where one of the, um, I don't know what the zookeepers, zoologists, whatever they are, um, uh, said something about, Kahuzi Biega. So oh, yeah. I was like, what in the world is that? So I had to Google it and um it's actually a real place. It's a it's a national park and um it's located in the um the Congo, Democratic Republic of the Congo. Oh. Hmm. So that's where yeah, some it's, gorillas... it's a UNESCO World Heritage Center. Oh, there you go. So yeah, so I had yeah, there wow, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't... <laughs> and that goes right by. There's a there's a, it's a it's a well written despite all the the slapsticky kind of stuff. I think there's it's some uh, some well written stuff in here mm-hmm. uh, that like Nathan like you were saying at the beginning. They either she'll either show maternal instincts or she'll rip the kitten's head off. I, <laughs> let's find out. Yeah, let's that find was my, out. That was my let's favorite part out. of it. Putting me down, a face. The kitten has placated her. Now either Tiki's maternal instincts will overcome her aggressionality. Oh, she will tear the kitten's head off. Let's watch. <laughs> <laughs> Any other parts that other than the, the um, you get to see the Animaniacs? That's always that's nice true. They they make a quick little cameo. Um, when in doubt, throw them running around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that was my favorite. And maybe Runt saying talking about the duck being scary. <laughs> oh, that's not a duck. Yeah, it is a duck. Oh, that's a big duck. That's a very big duck. Oh, that's a big duck. Oh, oh big duck. The whole the whole duck thing reminded me there there's always this like stand standalone line um that I've always liked to quote um from the movie novelization of Star Wars A New Hope. Uh-huh. And Obi-Wan says something about a duck and Luke goes, What's a duck? <laughs> and I always found that so hilarious yeah. when I first read it. So like I'll randomly just be like if the word duck comes up, I'm like, What's a duck? And no one gets it because <laughs> I I don't know it's it's so obscure. But it, you know how you'll just come across something and, and the most random line sticks out and and it jumped out at me because that's the first time I ever heard of any um, they used any kind of like real world creatures mentioned in any of the um, the literature. Yeah, and yeah. I guess because this book was written in you know what seventy six or or you know it came out before the movie. Yeah. Um, and I think it was just based on the screenplay. So, you know, I don't know if they actually had that line. I, I haven't seen it in any of like the, the working screenplays or anything, but, um, I don't think they'd quite fleshed out what to call everything. And they just, Alan Dean Foster just kind of stuck this line in there. What's a duck? <laughs> Cause for everybody, I don't know. I mean, just so nobody jumps on me. Um, it says it's written by George Lucas, but Alan Dean Foster Co- uh, go straight. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was always wondering why I've heard. I would hear some people uh, talk about in, in forums and stuff on Star Wars that ducks are canon, and I was like, "What the heck are um, they talking about?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I bet that's where it comes from. I've yeah. seen that too. Yeah, uh, there was a cracked article or a cracked video about it too. About yeah, yeah. Like, like they have um, all these weird things: Wookies and uh, Trandoshans and ducks. Yeah, I think in uh, <laughs> Phantom Menace they were called ducks too. At yeah. least in oh. one. At one point, and then George Lucas changed the names to something else or something. It was a weird... Yeah, well, ducks can just go through the galaxy. They have special powers. (laughs) This was a long time ago. You know, the ducks migrated. (laughs) Maybe ducks began in a a galaxy far, far away, and they came here. The creatures, are they they human? Maybe they're... See how well I did that? Like, I made something that absolutely had really no connection to Star Wars, and I turned it into an actual conversation. Booyah. And then, of course, George Lucas, well, yeah, he made Howard the Duck, so he has some obsession with ducks. There you go. Get away from me, you evil duck! What's a duck? 
<laughs> well, anyway, so, um, you know, I guess uh, the one last thing I liked about it was, uh, you know, the animation was pretty decent. Uh, Frank Welker, who does Runt's voice, and he also does one of the doctor's voices, Dr. Mm. Hemp, I believe his name is. Uh, but he also did Kiki the Gorilla. And boy, oh boy, there's just some great sounds right here of uh, Frank Welker doing all these gorilla noises in this one. So <laughs> I, I really liked all the noises that he makes. Um, down to the grip, the, the roaring and everything. And of course that even that moment where he's drinking tea with Rita and just talking to, I guess she's talking to herself and giggling as a gorilla. I just thought that was cute. <laughs> oh, I get it. Monkey see, monkey do. No. <laughs> Look, I speak cat, not gorilla. Okay. She couldn't possibly butt me again. Oh, oh, I'm ooh ooing. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get over to our water tower rating. <laughs> Okay, so out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give this episode? Kelly, let's start with you. How many would you give it? I think I'm going to go with... Hmm. Four. I'll go four. Right. I um. Because I really liked the pinky in the brain, and I loved all the useless facts. They were really, really funny. Um, Dust Poetry Corner was even funny. It's not one of my favorite segments, but I kind of liked what she was saying about Humpty Dumpty. And um, so, I, and the the Kiki's uh, the read and route was it was cute. It, I, I've said before, read and route's not my favorite in the world, uh, but as far as their cartoons go, it was actually really you know, kind of interesting and educational. The whole thing was really educational. And I love the sense of song and, you know, there's a sixth sense too. And it's hard to explain. It's like the psychic <laughs> connection inside of your brain. So you can understand people like Shirley MacLaine who are crystals. They bought at the mall, <laughs> the mall, the mall, who are crystals. They bought at the mall. <laughs> that'll, that'll like, I'm almost willing to go up some more on my score, but I'll, I'll keep it at a four just because, I just don't, you know, I, I like to reserve my really high scores for the ones that I quote all the time, and, mm-hmm. you know, watch repeatedly. And this, this wasn't one of those, but um, but I do really love the sense of song. All right. And Nathan, what about you? I'm also going to give it a four water towers out of five water towers. Um, I, I thought the animation sometimes was a little weak in some of the segments, but um, it was it was enjoyable. And again, yeah, the read and run, um, I don't, not a huge fan of those. This one was pretty good mm-hmm. about average so all right uh i'll give it four as well Woo! triple agreement triple agreement triple yeah. fours an average of four oh <laughs> uh, well well are you how, sure about that yeah well good we'll use a calculator listeners right? do the math <laughs> and email us the answer <laughs> okay what average was that what was the mean <laughs> median and average yeah and a mode a mode yes thank you <laughs> Oh, statistics. I miss you. Not really <laughs> at all. Okay, so <laughs> let's go ahead and, uh, hey, it's time for listener feedback. And to help us out with that, again, is Nathan with the listener feedback song for this week. Listener feedback. Boop, boop, boop. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. It's real. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. Yeah. Um, so today's listener feedback comes from Curtis, who is uh, sent in, in some voicemails before in the past from yeah. his kids. He says, hey, guys, glad to hear you talking about the comics. Well, not nearly as good as the show. I enjoyed them as I was always looking for more Animaniacs stories. The series really found its stride after the show had ended as they were more free to do their own stuff. Some of it was really bizarre. And since this was a comic and didn't have the same sort of network censorship, there is a whole lot of Minerva Mink. Plus, mm. <laughs> plus, as this was before the internet was really popular, or the whole series was released on DVD, I used these comics a bunch for reference when I was learning to draw these characters. 
I want to see your drawings, Curtis. Yeah. I want to see these Animaniacs. Anyway, uh, you were wondering why Pinky and the Brain was on the cover of the comic. Yes, because it was number one. We were like, geez, you're like, put Pinky and the Brain there. Their spinoff show was premiering in September of 1995, so I'm sure this comic was created to help support that move. Mm. So, yeah, being in Maine, yeah, they're probably moving sense. towards, like, yeah, here's Pinky and the Brain. And I just want to mention that there's actually one, there's actually a comic that happened before Animaniacs number one. And it was the Christmas special that came out in December, I believe, of 1994. He didn't put December, but I think it comes out in December being a Christmas special. Yeah. Uh, it came out in 1994. And uh, I love this issue to bits. And he sends us a little picture of it. And it's uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot trimming the tree. And, of course, uh, Wacko is trimming the tree by cutting it, the tree in half. And uh, Curtis says, I'll return with my kids to review an episode soon, I promise. So, yay, we always appreciate Curtis and uh, feedback from your kids as well to hear what they think about the show. So, thank you, Curtis, for that information. I appreciate that, especially because, like Nathan and I had said before, we didn't read the comics as they were coming out. This is a brand new thing for us. I was, the main comics I read as a kid were mostly Batman comics. I was really in, I know that we were into the death of Superman and Mm -hmm. nightfall and a lot of horrible things were happening to Batman and Superman in the (laughs) nineties. They were dying. Bane Bane was coming around. He was doing stuff. Anyway, (laughs) so thank you very much for that information. Well, last week we had a poll and so let's go ahead and get to the poll results. And uh, guess what? We don't have to worry about that announcer doing it because we got the results right here in front of me on my computer screen. Woo! <laughs> Listeners were asked, which of these Rita and Runt cartoons is your favorite? Hashtag Animaniacs, hashtag Animaniacast poll. So we had four different results. Uh, four different choices, I should say, with four different results. Oh, okay. I would think so. <laughs> 18% uh, said of nice and men. Okay. Then the next person... Uh, the next, this one again. person voted on this next one. <laughs> then the next one was putting on the Blitz was second place. Okay. But tied for first place was Frankenrunt and Smitten with Kittens. Sure. Mm. What do you guys think? We should go ahead and let's let's see if we can do a tiebreaker between Frankenrunt and Smitten with Kittens, okay? okay. Because we can only there can only be one, as Highlander once said. <laughs> so before we chop off somebody's head, mm-hmm. which which of those two do you like more? Frankenrunt or Smitten with Kittens? Nathan. I Frankenrunt. It was Frankenrunt. Because Frank it reminded me of young Frankenstein. Okay. And <laughs> Kelly, what about you? I like Frankenrunt as well. Okay. And I'm saying Frankenrunt as well. Cool. Triple agreement. Once again, we're just all on the same page today, yeah. folks. So Frankenrunt, we're calling as the winner of this one for best of those four yes. Rita and Runt cartoons. We'll have to have a finals at the very end. Exactly. So there we go. So those were our poll results that we just finished right now. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and maybe we won't have a tie this time. Nathan, what is the poll for this week? All right. So we need to find out what our favorite song is of the last couple songs we've heard. So uh, today we had The Senses. Mm-hmm. And we also have Be Careful What You Eat, a couple episodes. Uh, episode 23, I believe. Wow. Way back then. Yeah. And then uh, on episode six, What Are We? What Are We? These are the big songs that we missed. We already did one about like uh, the planets and... Yeah. We did some of those already. So, and, the, and the nations. Right. We haven't done those three yet. Okay. So those three. So once again, those are... What the, are... The, yeah. The, the senses, senses. Be what, careful what you eat. And, and what are we? Oh, those are good, three good choices. That's yeah. going to be a hard one to choose. I just hope it's one. a three-way tie this No! Time. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead and uh, head on over to Twitter and just simply search for hashtag... Animaniacast poll, or you can look up us on Twitter as well. We are at Animaniacast, and uh, go ahead and get on there, make your voice heard, and we'll see who wins that poll next week. Well, let's go ahead and get to some contact information. Kelly, where can people go online to say hi to you? 
they can say hi uh, Twitter Yoda Princess Y O D A P R N C S S or email me Kelly at BigShinyRobot.com and Nathan what about you Django FT that's me <laughs> and as for the Animaniacast well guys there's many different ways to uh, check us out first of all we've just opened it's still a little dusty <laughs> but we just opened up Animaniacast.com oh watch out for that dust yeah. Uh, we just opened up Animaniacast.com. That will take you directly over to our RetroZap.com archives of every Animaniacast show. So if you're catching up, you can uh, head on over to Animaniacast.com and check that out. And of course, you can always email us. We are Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. And... Uh, all over the place. Uh, check out all the RetroZap stuff as well. We are a proud member of the RetroZap uh, community. There's tons of different podcasts, tons of different fantastic articles uh, every day uh, showing up there. So for all your geek and nerd needs, head on over to RetroZap.com. Well, let's go ahead and uh, we'll pack it up for this episode. We'll see you next week with episode 45 where we will go off to England. Mm-hmm. We will also get a Catherine Page rundown from Nathan. Oh, no. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and until next week, this is Joey, and for Nathan and Kelly, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Night. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Brain. But this time you had a tutu.